Welcome to episode four of In the Middle. It's the podcast from Hopkinton Middle School. My name is Alan Keller. I'm principal at HMS. This episode is going to focus on a couple of things, uh, mainly about summer uh, and the things that we do around summer. But we're also going to be talking to Miss Cheryl Ann Lambert Walsh about her efforts with Project Just Because and the relationship that the schools have with Project Just Because. And uh, you may or may not know that Mrs. Rita Balboa, who's been the main office, Hopkinton Middle School main office secretary for 18 years, is retiring at the end of this year. So we have an opportunity to check in with her. I'm joined now by Mrs. Ann Ben-Bennick, who is one of the assistant principals here, who's finishing up her sixth year yep. as assistant principal. And we're going to talk a little bit about summer. But first, let's talk a little bit about you, Mrs. Ben-Bennick. Um, Mr. Keller, what would you like to know? Well, let's talk about um, before you became assistant principal, uh, what some of the positions you held were and uh, how it's going so far. So I was for 20 years an English teacher in middle school. Um, I taught in Westboro for 15 of those years and five years before that in West Boylston. And I've taught sixth, seventh, and eighth grade English, but I must admit my love was seventh grade in the end. Um, that's great to hear. Um, that doesn't mean that that impacts how you work with sixth or eighth graders. You still work. Um, I still work well quite with well all with grade six. I, Yeah. Um, now, is assistant principal administration that something that you always talked about or thought about? It was always something that I had considered, but um, had never been the right time with my own family. I have three of my own children. And so as they got older, I felt like it was the right time to make that transition um, into administration. And I was also somebody who was doing a lot of that type of work as a teacher and wanted to be a big picture and help all the schools, uh, everyone in the school and not just my um, particular uh, student body. And uh, are you glad you made that decision and that shift? I'm very glad I made that decision and am landed here at Hopkinton Middle School. And I assume uh, very thrilled to be working uh, with me. Absolutely. Because I know you were very excited when I called you from what you were doing in order to uh, sit down and yeah. record this podcast. So, Always a priority, yes, Mr. Keller. I'm glad there's not a camera. There's just audio <laughs> for this uh, for this interview. Um, so, uh, so how about your summer plans per, on a personal level? Uh, summer plans, well, I work here with you a lot in the you summer, do. but mm -hmm. I do escape to go to the lake where I float for a week on a lake, <laughs> float, that's all I do is float. But I'm also going to college orientation for two days this summer. My youngest will be going to college. And so when she does her freshman orientation, I get to do a parent orientation. So I'll be spending two glorious days in New Haven, Connecticut. Awesome. So your third child, your youngest, going to college, you'll have, actually, you'll have two in college, right? So yes. Is and just to clarify, she's not going to Yale in New Haven, <laughs> just in case anyone thinks. Um, two in college and one that's graduated and is hoping to land her first teaching job any day. Awesome. Well, that's good. So speaking of summer, that's uh, one of the, or the uh, thing I wanted to talk to you about today, and that is what we do during the summer, because I often, you probably get this as well, but people are often surprised. Uh, in fact, my uh, in-laws, even though I tell them every single uh, year, and probably more often than that, that I work during the summer, they are often surprised that I mm -hmm. actually work during the summer. Um, so I imagine you get the same question. So I thought we yes. would talk a little bit about what we do and, and uh, kind of share some of, some of those pieces. So... Um, your main tasks during the summer, Mrs. Ben-Bennick, why don't you talk a little bit about those? So a lot to do with getting the building ready and scheduling, um, 
partly, I mean, our student scheduling is primarily done. There are quirks and things that come up that we troubleshoot, but a lot of it then is scheduling things for teachers and programming and getting the building ready to ensure that teacher schedules are finalized and we have um, guiding documents for our staff that help run our school and we need to get those things ready before the teachers come back to school. Um, uh, it's a much it's a casual pace in the summer, much more low key, um, but there's still a lot that we do when we get done mm-hmm. to prepare. Yeah, right. So talking about teachers coming back, I mean that that's a big part of what we do in the summer as well as the building the professional mm-hmm. development. Um, both just the well, the schedule is relatively built already for mm-hmm. us, or is built. Um, but the things that we do during those mm-hmm. professional development times, and I know that you and I have an opportunity to sit down and plan those pieces out. Uh, Also, um, we give surveys to students, staff, and parents. And so we spend some time reviewing the results from those and how we can change some things or or, Mm -hmm. uh, what ways we can accommodate some of the the feedback that we get in those Mm -hmm. surveys. Some are also tend, sometimes we do hiring or if we have hired, we get things together. Sometimes we meet with those new teachers because there's new teacher orientation the end of August. So we do some preparation about uh, getting ready for our new staff. Right. Right. And um, I know that, and of course, there's new teacher orientation. We have an admin retreat uh, where mm-hmm. all the administrators get together and, and uh, try and get on the same page about a lot of topics. Um, we also have an opportunity over the summer, and I know you've been running this uh, in the past, to get together with families new to Hopkinton. Mm-hmm. Um, so both in terms of the parents, the guidance counselors meet with the students. Um, so it's amazing when you um, think about it. I can't imagine not working in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that when you first started here, I th- you were not working. You were no. working just a little bit. Just a little summer. bit over the summer. Um, and it felt like that crunch time. But I feel like the low-key time is just the month of July because once August 1st hits, then we're ramping up our pace. And um, there's a lot of things that need to – that we are – fine-tuning all those things that we've done in the month of July because there is a lot going on. Um, and even starting to think about Nature's Classroom right. for sixth grade, uh, you know, getting things prepared for that trip even before school starts. Right, right. And this year we're adding, as we discussed this morning, so in the past we've done a summer reading get-together for the incoming sixth graders uh, where we've talked a little bit about the summer reading and then given them an orientation of the school, just a more casual, because obviously they have the grade six orientation that happens a, a couple weeks after that. But this year, do you want to introduce the concept? We are going to have Lemonade with Leaders. Did I say that right? I think so. Or, yeah. Le- lemonade with Leadership? Uh, or something. Leadership Lemonade. I don't know. Something like that. Something but um, inviting the kids in the past, it used to focus around Tuck Everlasting. And the kids would come in. We would do some discussion around that one book. But since our summer reading has changed, it's harder to facilitate the discussion on multiple books. So um, I think Mrs. Lape, maybe it was the L thing. She came up with our lovely alliteration there. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to just allow a drop-in time for sixth graders who might want to come in to a smaller setting. Um, I know sometimes people feel a little anxious about the unknown and our orientation for sixth grade is great, but it's also 300 kids. And so it's an opportunity for kids and parents to come in and maybe wander around the school in a smaller setting and come and just say hello to us. I mean, it could also just be people that like lemonade. It could be. Um, It could be. We could advertise on the street and (laughs) people could come in. Uh, Will you be making the lemonade? I I can. Uh I have um, a particularly kind that I like. I like the frozen kind. Ah, I see. Frozen concentrate, so Uh I would advocate for that. (laughs) Okay, good. But no popsicles will be served. (laughs) 
Thank you. Um, so the last thing I want to ask you, uh, which is actually kind of off topic, but you just completed your first uh, school trip to New York City. Obviously, we know and appreciate all your efforts around Nature's Classroom, what we do with sixth grade. Um, and I was very thankful we had a, a chaperone that had to drop out at the relatively last minute, and you uh, willingly and graciously uh, became uh, a chaperone. So mm-hmm. how was it? It was good. It was good. Hopefully I enjoyed. Good. Hopefully you won't say it was bad. <laughs> uh, it's physically exhausting. Um, but it's, uh, as an adult, it's engaging as well. I have not done most of the things that we did. I've been to New York City, but I had never gone to the 9-11 Memorial. Um, I also, none of us had seen To Kill a Mockingbird before. I'd never been to MoMA. Um, so those were things that I was ac- able to enjoy along with 300 eighth graders and millions of other New Yorkers. But right, right. I could do without Times Square, though. Not a highlight for me, yeah. but the kids really love to go shopping. I will agree with you. Uh, the first year we actually skipped over yeah, Times Square. Mm-hmm. Um, it does cause a little anxiety in mm-hmm. me. Um, this year yeah. we modified it so that you had to stay with your chaperone. Yes, um, we did. And so, um, so that was a little bit better. But it I still went to Sephora and somewhere else that probably. Yeah, I so I don't really get that. Did I mean, you I, go to Sephora? I, I did not go to Sephora, and I questioned why, when there's Sephora seemingly at every mall, why you would want to go to Times Square. But apparently, it's worth it. Well, that's all you do in Times Square is go shopping or take pictures with um, characters. Well, so there I really get that, isn't but... a lot else to do. The kids kept saying to me, "What else are we going to do? What else are we going to do?" And I'm like, "Times Square is shopping." Yeah. And so we did end up. Um, we only spent 10 minutes in Sephora. We did like some souvenir shopping. May I also say, uh, and I'm going to sound like uh, a downer here, but like, I don't get the M&M store either. Didn't go. Agree. Yeah. Um, But it is, it is a thing. It's a major thing. It was crowded in there and it's three floors of M&M stuff. Yeah. Um, so I suppose if you are an Eminem fan, that that is really exciting. But uh, don't tell my group about it because we didn't go there. Okay, I won't. I won't say a thing. Hopefully mm-hmm. they're not. But like H and M, that's like four levels. I yeah. told them, girls, everything you can see here, you can go to the Natick Mall for. So let's just take in the sights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Starbucks. We did have to stop at Starbucks because we were awake for twenty-two hours that day. We got up at, I got up at three in the morning and did not go yeah, to sleep. Yeah, that was day one, right? Wednesday? Yes, yeah. and did not go to sleep yeah. until 1 a.m. At, yeah. at the earliest. So that was a 22-hour day. Yeah. So a Starbucks visit was imperative in Times Square. Good to know. Well, Ms. Benbenek, I thank you for going on the New York trip. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that um, you had that experience, and we'll look to uh, see you continue in that uh, role next year. We'll figure that out. So looking forward to it. Uh, I also appreciate you joining uh, on episode four of the podcast. Thank you for inviting me, Mr. Hopefully it wasn't as bad as you. Um, Yeah, I I guess I won't listen. (laughs) No, I don't like listening to myself. Okay. So you just listen to my parts. Yes. I'm sure Mr. Cousins can edit out your. Yes, that would be lovely. That would be lovely. (laughs) Fabulous. Thank you. You're welcome, Mr. Keller. And now we'll have a conversation with Mrs. Rita Balboa, who's been HMS secretary for 18 years. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's a, a pleasure to have you beside me. We've worked together now, I believe this is our ninth year. Yes, it is. Uh, it was our first time actually sitting side by side uh, with <laughs> microphones in front of us. So maybe that's a good thing. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, but uh, I know that at the end of this year, you will have completed your 18th year here at Hopkinton Middle School. Yes, yeah. It'll be 18 years on June 17th. And... Um, I've enjoyed my time here. Yeah. I've really enjoyed my time. 
I certainly have enjoyed uh, working with you in those nine years. I had the opportunity, as you know, um, three years prior to that in the curriculum role, working between the middle school and high school to get to know you, but uh, nothing like uh, working beside you uh, these past nine years. So, Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. It's, uh, it's bittersweet for me to be leaving. Um, you know, it's going to be really strange getting up every morning and not having to be here I have, you know, I have some plans for my retirement that I'm looking forward to. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, it's interesting. So uh, I think one of the things we're going to be talking about in this, in this, uh, not I think, but one of the things we're going to be talking about in this podcast is the summer. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people make the assumption that we do not work in the summer, um, but as I know you know, uh, we, we do, do work throughout the summer. So this yes, is a, a 12-month job for, for both of us. And so, um, I, you know, I think that we do um, tend to have a little bit more uh, relaxation to our day during the summer. But I imagine that is going to be difficult to think about um, not coming in here and not, and not waking up. Oh, I mean, you'll wake up, but not, <laughs> not waking up to come in here. <laughs> but not coming in here. Um, yeah, I actually, believe it or not, I always look forward to the summers. You know, people say to me, oh, you work in the summer, and oh, that's too bad. And I actually don't mind it at all. Yeah. I get a lot done. And, um, you know, there's a lot to do. People don't understand that there's really a ton of things that need to be done in the summer to get the school ready in September. Um, But, uh, yeah, it definitely is more relaxed. And I I enjoy also the school vacations. It's the same thing. You know, it's just a, a good time to sort of, you know, um, take a take a deep breath and kind of, you know. Agree. Take an overview. Kind of get the reset and yeah. begin the new year. Mm-hmm. What are some of those things that you that you tackle in the summer? Um, well, one of the major things is getting the calendar ready for the following year. Um, and there's a lot of pieces to that. It sounds like oh, you know, you're just getting the calendar ready, but there there are a lot of components to it. Um, also, all the buying for the school, the purchase orders for all the different departments, uh, that's a pretty big undertaking. Uh, for many years, I helped with scheduling. Um, I'm happy to say I won't be doing that this year. Um, that's not something I really ever looked forward to doing, but, you know, we, it, it had to be done. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know recently, I think last year was the first year, right, where um, because we no longer have a guidance secretary, you were registering all the new students, yes, right, that yes. over the summer. Yeah, and that was huge. We had a big influx of uh, students coming in last summer, and uh, so that was a big job. Yeah. Um, so you started talking about uh, not waking up to come into school, um, but so you're, you're still going to wake up as we established. <laughs> yes. uh, what is your what is your plan? Like, do you what are you thinking about doing next year? And if you if you don't mind sharing with us, oh no, um, I well, well right now I'm happy to announce that I have a six week old grandson in, in addition to my other two granddaughters who are living in New York, and um, so I do go out and visit my granddaughters every two weeks. Uh, I say to everyone, my daughter-in-law is an angel Mm -hmm. because, you know, she still welcomes us (laughs) with open arms. Um, But my grandson is six weeks old and my daughter-in-law and my son who both live in Hopkinton, who live in Hopkinton, um, have asked me to babysit a couple days a week when my daughter-in-law returns to work. So uh, I'm looking forward to doing that. And I also have um, several trips planned um, I imagine you do. That my, <laughs> that my husband and I are looking forward to. So um, I, I think I'll be busy. Yeah. And also, it's just going to be so great to be able to work in my garden again. Yeah. yeah. You know, which, I mean, when you work in the summer, you don't have as much time. Yeah. 
Well, that's great. I'm, I'm sure that you are going to uh, stay busy. I can I can't imagine you uh, not staying busy. And yeah. so hopefully you'll still uh, pop in and say hi to us. And I will bring I will bring coffee. Okay. That's <laughs> so you welcome. so you let me in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that, once you retire, that is, does become part of the expectation. Um, so. So 18 years, right? Uh, and you said your anniversary is June 17th? June 17th, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that you want to share with us in terms of the highlights over those 18 years that really stand out? Well, you know, um, I don't want to embarrass you, but okay. one, of, one of the highlights for me has been working with you for oh. the last nine years. As I can honestly say that it has been a, such a pleasure working with you. Um, not only, you know, do we get the work done, but you know, we have fun mm-hmm. and um, that it's been enjoyable. You know, I, I wake up every morning and I actually look forward to coming in and, you know, seeing you and, and the other office staff and, um, and the teachers. We have a, we have a really, really uh, top notch school here. I agree. Uh, thank you, Rita. I appreciate you saying that. I feel the same way. I, I definitely, uh, as you know, I like to change things uh, often and um, <laughs> I feel like one of the things that I am going to miss that I really value is um, having those conversations with you. You've got the history, um, but you don't stand there and say, this is the way it's always been. We can't do it this way. But you explain to me, like, here are th- some of the things we need to consider. And, and uh, it's an opportunity to make a, an informed decision. So I've always appreciated that. Thank you. Uh, I also, also really appreciate being able to send you uh, a lot of documents, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, and knowing that they're not polished and uh, the, the polish that you put on those. And there's uh, many other things, like, I, uh, you know, just being able to laugh together and and also cry at times. Yeah. Yes. Do so yeah. you remember doing that early yeah. on? And, yeah. I, <laughs> uh, I lost my dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so um, so I, I will definitely miss that. And so I yeah. um, hopefully we can continue to get together and as long as you Absolutely. bring coffee. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I will bring coffee. I promise. Is there anything that you think that you're going to miss uh, as you as you kind of step out? So you talked about the, the schedule, right, a little bit, and I guess yeah. me as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I'm gonna miss. I mean, I'm, there's a lot of teachers here who you know not only are colleagues, but they've also become friends mm-hmm. and um, and the kids. You know, the kids really keep you young. You know, they they keep you on your toes. Um, the issues that surround students today are different. Some things are exactly the same, but there are some things that are different than when I was raising my own children. Mm -hmm. And having grandchildren now, I still am happy that I feel like I sort of have a, you know. Yes, 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 exactly. Um, And I'll miss that. And the other thing I think that I'll really miss is um, I'm constantly learning, you know, whether it's technology. And that worries me a little bit because I think, oh, you know, I have to keep, got to stay, you know, in touch with things and so that worries me a little bit but um i will definitely miss that that part of it too just the learning the constant learning new things and that's something not to continue to um uh shower you with compliments but that's definitely something uh, i'm sure that's probably welcome but that's that's uh (laughs) something that is a tremendous strength of yours like there are whenever we come new technology comes in i think i guess it's your uh willingness to roll with change i think mm-hmm. is really a big theme that i guess i'm just now realizing uh, that, <laughs> uh, you know so new technology google docs i mean i think all of us were a little bit nervous about moving to that platform uh, but you do so um and uh and produce some great products with that and Thank you know you. whether it be the newsletter uh, or the handbooks or all that kind of stuff that's always i think been really professional particularly the hiller holler is, is one of the things i'm really proud of and appreciate uh, all of your tremendous efforts because i know it's a lot that goes into that 
Thank you. So, Rita, you know, as a as a guest here on the podcast, and as somebody who's retiring, you know, you in your role, a big part of it, as I know you know, is interacting with with parents, um, whether it be a phone call in person, and just having done this for so so long now, is is there any advice you would have or any suggestions for you know, kind of the, making sure that there's a good homeschool um, connection that you would give to parents that you would offer? Yes. Well, first off. Um, I, I think it's uh, something that people don't do enough, and I wish that they did. Really read the handbook. Mm. I said, re- you know, really take advantage of the information that is in there because everything in there is covered. Um, also, the website. I mean, I know we're, we're getting a new website this summer. Um, Which you, I know you played a, a substantial role on, on, on making that decision. Um, so thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. But the, uh, the website it has so much information on it, everything, you know, all the calendar events, anything that you want to know, the teacher's uh, pages, uh, you know, the homework assignments for your children. They're really, it's just such a font of information. And um, I think sometimes parents don't take advantage of that enough. Um, and that really would make your life so much easier, mm. you know. Um, and other than that, you know, I think as long as, you know, you love your children, everything just works out. Perfect. Well, Rita, I want to thank you so much for joining me today uh, on the podcast. But more importantly, even though the podcast is really important, more importantly, thank you for um, everything that you've done for our students uh, and for our staff and in particular for, for me. Thank you for all these years of service. And thank you, Alan. And I really, I've, I've really enjoyed every moment of it. Thank you so much. And I'll, I'll miss everybody and I'll definitely miss you. Thank you. Same here. Good luck, Rita. Thank you. So many great things I could say about Mrs. Balboa. Uh, she's been a tremendous resource, and hopefully uh, you were able to get a, a sense of that in her time here, or at the very least in uh, in the podcast. Uh, when you do an interview like this, you want to cover so many topics, and 10 minutes goes so very fast. So um, once again, thank you to Mrs. Balboa for, for that. And now I'd like to introduce uh, Mrs. Cheryl Ann Lambert Walsh, uh, similar to Mrs. Balboa, who's been a tremendous resource to the middle school. Cheryl Ann has worked with all the schools, however, um, and has been a, a great advocate of the schools, and we are always pleased to work with her. Welcome, Cheryl Ann. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a real pleasure. Um, I've been in Hopkinton. This is actually my 12th year. And ever since I've been here, um, yours is a name that I've heard. Project Just Because is a, is a name that is really important to the community. Uh, and so uh, you and I have, have known each other uh, since I've been here. Uh, but this is a real nice opportunity to be able to sit down and understand more about Project Just Because and to understand how you got involved in it. And so thank you so much for, for joining me today. Well, thank you for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. So um, can we start there? Can we talk a little bit about your background and, and how you wound up in Hopkinton and and then um, and Project Just Because in general? Sure. Um, I'm a mom of four children, and um, I just wanted to help people. So I used to go to charity events and see different, um, you know, children that were in need. And just like anyone else, you, you know, sell your ticket and you just see the children. And I wanted to do a little bit more personally. And so I just started um, seeing what was our need in our basic community. And um, we had a food pantry at the time, 20 years ago. And um, it was at the Woodville Baptist Church. And, but they really didn't have another source if someone needed like clothes or school supplies. So I just asked the town maybe I could help in my basement. So I sort of became the mom in the basement and my own home. Well, my children were growing and very young. 
and uh, that's how I started out of my basement. Wow. And so was that, so at that time then was stuff in your basement along with the pantry still happening at the same time? Is that, yeah, were the, they kind of coexisting? Yeah, the town had the pantry. Okay. And then as I grew, I had 12 friends who sort of had a little intervention with me because we had garages, basements, and attics getting filled, yeah. you know, from school supplies to all the basic necessities, nothing fancy. And then um, they said, we need to get you a building. So we did a charity event at a church and uh, here in town, and we got enough money to do a lease, a one-year lease at uh, over in Hayden Row, close by. And it just developed um, over the 20 years, and now we're at 109 South Street with an 11,000 square foot warehouse. Um, and we took over the Hopkinton Food Pantry, and we also do the gluten fruit pantry for the state for children and families who need gluten-free food. Everything's free, and we do basics um, like clothing and school supplies. So we do year-round programs, and it's just from the heart. That's amazing that you're doing all that. And I, I visited not this current facility, but the, the one maybe it was maybe two years ago, I think, yeah. that I had an opportunity to come out and see. And so that was, there was a lot going on. It was very full. So that was how many square feet was that? That was 7,000 square feet. That was 86 South Street. Yeah, and we just... We just got to the point where we were sort of bulging out of it, and our community here in Hopkinton is changing a lot. We have a lot more people coming into town, um, and as we're growing, so are families in need, and so we wanted to be a bigger resource. So the town would like to go to um, a food pantry that's full service, so that was a really big change. So last year we made it so that people could come every other week all year long. Instead of a supplement, um, it's year-round and it's every other week. And also freeze refrigerator foods, dairy, produce, meats. So we've tried to bring it up so families can have more support. So is that everything you just defined right there? Is that what the difference is when you said full service? So yeah. it's it's okay. Yeah. So if someone's listening and they might know someone in need, um, they can come to us every other week okay. all year long. Um, there's not a lot of requirements for the Hopkinton Food Pantry. You have to be a Hopkinton resident. Okay. Um, and for the gluten free food pantry, you just have to be a Massachusetts resident. Okay. And. Um, Basically, we just have them fill out what they may need for their families and how many is in the family so that we give them the appropriate amount of food. And that's just one of our programs. Okay. So um, can you tell me a little bit about, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, what does your job look like? Like, what do you, I, I, as I said, I visited and I spent maybe, I think, an hour there. And it was busy. There was a lot going on. A lot of it was tremendously organized, uh, which was one of my first observations. Well, that has nothing to do with me. <laughs> we have wonderful um, staff who are just incredibly kind, um, who just really help and make the place work so well. And then our volunteer base is huge. These people come in where they could be doing anything else, mm -hmm. and they just come in. And on a regular basis, people just come and help us fill bags, fix the bins, and it's just a year-round thing. Every day you walk in, and there's a stack of orders from families who are in need, and you're filling bags. And we do the basics from school supplies to clothing year-round. Um, keep a family warm during our harsh New England winters, we gear people up. You'll hear something happen in our community like a fire, and um, 
that very next day, the people come to us. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this uh, father come, and he still had the coat with the smoke. We asked him just to take it off and put it in the front hall, and we brought them in. And um, one of the children was going to the marathon school, and the other child was going to Elmwood. So. You know, she was there, and she's like, I've lost the backpack. I've lost that she was just thinking they just had their pajamas when they got out, and he put his little rain boots on. So we walked through the warehouse and tried to gear him up so that this little boy would feel good for going into school on Monday, even though their house was no longer there. Mm. So there's different things that we do. We also have 211, which is those emergencies like domestic abuse fires, and that's when people around the state call on us to an immediate center that we have in the warehouse for all the basic needs that if something happens, we can try and help right away. Mm. So you mentioned the volunteers um, helping out with bagging things. Um, So when somebody comes in, then they need to, uh, do you deliver or people have to come to you? Well, actually, we deliver to local Hopkinton families. If they're unable to get to us, our volunteers are very kind. We have um, families that are going through cancer treatments, disability, the sickness, um, certain things like that we will deliver. But on a day-to-day basis, they also have friends, Mm -hmm. and they'll come and pick up. Mm -hmm. Um, But our volunteers are kind to do that just to the local families. Um, Other than that, all they have to do is if they are unable to come to us, we tend to find a way and, you know, have someone else just sign for them Mm -hmm. when they pick up. And um, how many staff do you have? Um, Well, right now we have three. We have two full-time and three part-time sort of mother's hours. They work flex times. We don't have a lot. Um, We want when someone gives us money to to benefit the families directly. So the volunteer staff is huge. Mm. They come in from their hearts, and Mm. we just have a lot of volunteers. Is that something you're still looking for? Like, do you always, always accept volunteers? We need volunteers day to day to come in to help us pack those bags to get the orders out. So if you're waiting for a coat and you're like 25 down, it's a cold day. We have to go in order as they come. So as many volunteers were open 9 to 4, Monday through Thursday. They could come in just for two hours on a regular basis or whenever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking for drivers to pick up items. People donate all over the state. Mm-hmm. And we have them go pick up beautiful items and bring it to our warehouse. Um, and delivery. Mm-hmm. If there are families that need help, we turn around and deliver it um, to those few families that just can't get to us. So I imagine part of the job, too, is working with um, suppliers, right? I mean, that, that's got to be a big yeah. part of it. We always need help. If someone is in a company and, you know, they work for a sneaker company or a clothing company or school supplies, we always say, you know, if you have extra. Sometimes people change their logos on yeah. something, and they're perfectly beautiful items. We just could give it out, so they give it to us. They get a tax receipt, and it's a working relationship. Um, we also need anyone who's in a company they have grants and foundations and sometimes if that com- we have companies come in all the time to volunteer mm-hmm. so if they're in a company they can come in and volunteer we have volunteer days every single day we're open yeah. and they'll come in for two hour slots morning and afternoon you know it could be 10 people 20 people whatever they want to bring in and their company pays for their time and they give back and they help us do all kinds of projects that's why the warehouse is so neat yeah. <laughs> um, Colette and Christine and Barbara and Laura and all these wonderful people who are there just turn around and say, this is what we're doing today, 
and we preempt our program. So if we need, you know, 15,000 gifts for the holiday time or we need um, school supplies, all those backpacks, it's a couple months before it that we're really asking people to help with that Mm -hmm. so that we have enough when the children need it. My wife and I have been talking to my son, who's uh, seven, uh, a lot about um, service and giving back and how, you know, we feel like he... We feel like he, and I think sometimes he does too, feel like he's fortunate uh, and that he has everything he needs. And so we've been talking about opportunities to kind of give back. And so I may be talking to you about uh, seeing if, if well, we can Well, I'll come tell you something, and, and it's just, it's an amazing gift to see children. And I'm older now, <laughs> and I remember this little boy, and I, I'm not sure if he was a tiger or a cub, but he was in Boys Girls, he was this high. Mm-hmm. And he came into my basement, I just started, this little treasure chest, and we were filling for a Hopkinton boy for the holiday season. And he grew, and as he grew through the scouts, he kept on volunteering Mm. for us and when they were kind enough to give me a scouts award and had a night for me he wanted to volunteer to hold the flag for the ceremony Mm. so I've seen children grow by doing community service I've had wonderful children do these no-sew blankets and they invited me to a group and they said we're making blankets would you come and help and I'm like I'm not very good at sewing but I'll come I love the children I love the support and I don't care how old they are it's just it's something that has been a benefit for not just this community but all communities that come in to see children touched that they can help out it's not like just dropping a bar of soap when we ask you at your school for drives and they drop it in a bin It's directly connecting. And they were like tying these no-sew blankets, so I made it through that because no sewing. <laughs> and they were just beautiful blankets. And, and the children were so happy. So any age children, we always can find projects for because I think it touches them if you do it to an age that they understand. Yeah, yeah. And every age can help. And I believe it makes a difference because, uh, not just because of the charity, but I just think in general, um, my children definitely feel that way, you know, because they sort of live with me. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, I think it helps them. But, you know, they're our future leaders of tomorrow. Yeah. So if they can come in, we welcome them. Yeah, that's great. Um, so uh, we have just a few, min- few minutes left. So I wanted to see if there were some things. You've already conveyed a couple of stories uh, that sound like they were certainly highlights. But just some highlights over the years that have really... Uh, stuck with you as as a person? Well, I can tell you that trying to help people has been a gift by the community itself, the churches, the schools, the businesses, and just people around the state of Massachusetts. The people you meet are so incredible, but it's the children. Um, late August, it was a hot summer day, and on a Saturday, I happened to just pull into the project. I work all different hours, and there was a little girl, five years old, and her mother sitting outside the car. It was really hot. We used to have a program on Saturdays to have a little produce, but it had stopped, and our website designer gives it for free, so we hadn't pulled it off yet. They were mm. waiting for this. Mm. And I said, may I help you? And the little girl said, we came with Mom to get some food. It touched my heart that in Hopkinton that someone else who had gone to the pantry told her she could get free food. Mm. So I said, I'll find something. Come on in. And I opened the refrigerator, and we had bagels. This little girl just held these bagels to her and said, thank you so much. But one step more, we were walking out. We got them some food, told them how we work and everything. They're new to the town. Our town is growing. Again, someone didn't know about the project. We have no advertising and marketing budget. So anyone who knows us to get it out there, we could touch a child Mm -hmm. and a family. 
So that mother and daughter were walking out, and they said, all the backpacks is in August. It's all back to school. Yeah. And her face just went like down. I said, what's wrong? She said, I don't have a backpack. And I said, where are you starting school? And she was only five. She said, Marathon. And I said, what town? <laughs> totally forgot that Marathon that was the new name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should have known that. And I said, oh, Hopkinton, come back. And someone had just donated some more backpacks. So I had her. She was like Spider-Man, Batman. She goes, no, no. And then Nemo, even though Nemo's old and I still know Nemo, <laughs> she put it on her back. We got all these supplies. She had a lunchbox. She walked out with her mother with some bagels close to her, mm. but the little Nemo backpack going into her own school system, starting with the other children. And to me, that matters. So anyone out there who could help us, mm-hmm. you're helping someone special because mm-hmm. it's, it's a domino's effect. There's no question. I, you know, um, I mentioned uh, at the outset how our relationship has been with the school um, with, uh, with Project Just Because, and it, it really... Um, it really has meant a lot to our students, to our staff, uh, to have this relationship. And I know that Chuck Rockwood, who works with Community Teen, um, has done a lot of work um, in, in, uh, in connecting with Project Just Because. And we have individually reached out to you on different occasions. And so you have a wonderful staff. Oh, thank and you. the children are so very caring. I've had children, when we don't have a program going on here, ask me about it. And you make it very available in the school, and it touches people. So I thank you and the community because without that, we can't reach out. Yeah. Well, I'm going to send it right back uh, your way because it, it's all about you and and the organization that you've created and it's it's a really remarkable thing and I thank you for all the time and and everything that you've given to this community I thank my volunteers and I thank my staff and just everyone who's part of it because I I believe we're a garden I might have planted a seed but Mm. we're all watering it Mm. I love that I love that Cheryl Ann thank you so much this was lovely I really appreciate you coming in and taking some time to do this thank you so much yeah I'm sure that everybody who's had an experience with uh, with Cheryl Ann Lambert Walsh knows uh, how wonderful she is and all the incredible work. So it was great to be able to have that conversation and hear from her firsthand. Well, thank you for joining us here on episode four. Uh, we were going to take the month of July off from the podcast, but uh, don't unsubscribe. We'll be back in August. In August, we'll have an opportunity to talk to our cafeteria staff about some of the things that they have planned for next school year and some changes that they made this past school year. And we'll have an opportunity to talk to some teachers as well as we gear up and get ready for the beginning of school. Again, thank you so much for joining us here at In the Middle.